Hello and welcome to the Vagabond Actors Podcast. I'm Brian Casp. I'm an acting teacher here in Prague. And joining me as always are my two fellow acting teachers and coaches, Andrea Helene in Mallorca. Hello. Good evening, Brian. How are you? I'm great. Thank you. And Gary Condes joining us from London, as always. How are you, Gary? Yeah, I'm great. Thank you, Brian. How are you? How are you doing? Hello, Andrea. Hi there. So has anything been going on uh, for you guys artistically? Is there anything that, that you wanted to, to highlight in this in this first section? Yeah, I kind of been mixing it up, actually, this since we last spoke this week, um, in the sense that uh, I've been consuming so much, you know, watching so much TV shows and movies and reading and just sort of consuming because, you know, there's a bit more time to do that. Um, so I kind of this week I made an expressed effort to do the opposite and kind of get something out of me. And um, and I've been teaching a lot as well, working. So uh, I basically um, took it upon myself to every day write a couple of pages of um, dialogue, just uh, mm. uh, just get out. And it was to do with either something I'd see on television and uh, maybe a situation where two people, it, maybe it might have been the news, it might have been something I was watching, and I'd get up straight away and just write, sit down and force myself to write some dialogue and see if any sort of idea for a film or a play would come out of it. Um, nothing has yet, but it's it's been very interesting, and it's it's a great, I mean, it's literally, um, I'd be maybe like, for instance, this morning I was having breakfast on the balcony, and I saw... Um, someone in the courtyard, we've got this sort of grassy courtyard down below and someone came out and started doing yoga and another person came out and started talking on the phone and having a heated discussion. And then somebody else started, uh, came out and was walking their dog and there was just these three people. And I just started to, you know, riff on an idea from that. So yeah, that's, it's just a bit of sort of brainstorming. Cool. Mm. Very nice. Going the other way rather than consuming. I was just needed to get something out. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, so I actually uh, did a scene in a, like a pandemic style film where everyone shoots their own scene and then sends it in and it gets edited. So I shot a scene of that and it was very interesting and something that I feel like I'm not at all good at as much as I, as much as I do self tapes, the idea that you're the cinematographer and the camera might be moving because you're picking up the camera and moving it around and dealing with lighting and all of that stuff. Um, it was a really interesting experience. So you, you shot it for, say I shot it. It was, it's a, it's a, I think it's going to be a web series. Uh huh. I got recommended to the director and he got in touch and said, would you like to do this? And this is the part. And it was just one scene, you know, five or six lines back and forth. And I said, sure. And then he said, well, can you do it for Friday? And I said, sure. And then on Sunday I shot it <laughs> and <laughs> shot, yeah, I don't know, six or seven takes of it, chose three of those and sent them off. And he said, oh yeah, this will work. And I don't know, like the sound was not very good and the lighting was fine, but not brilliant, you know, cause I'm not a cinematographer, but we did it. And, uh, so, so that's Great. one of the artistic things that I was involved in. That's nice. Uh, was the concept uh, that you were in, in, in the scene with somebody through technology or you, your scene was, yeah. uh, within your home? Mm -hmm. 
It's through technology. So most of the interactions are through like Skype calls or things like that. Mm -hmm. And everyone shoots their own side of it. And then the director pieces it together. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I'll let people know about what that is when it, when it comes out, they've, they've done a rough edit of it. I think it's an interesting process being your own director and sound engineer and cinematographer and camera operator and all of that. So I, I, I'd like to get better at it. I think. I think there's a lot more content like this coming our way. I think there's going to be some very good comedy coming out of all of this. Yeah. Yeah. One of the students here from Mallorca is doing a web series in Germany and that's like night it's speed, a speed dating concept where they are nice. um, split screened and doing these 90 second speed datings and they've created, you know, characterizations and then um, little vignettes. And I think he's having a lot of fun with that right now. Well, cool. Yeah. Excellent. Mm-hmm. This episode of the Vagabond Actors Podcast is brought to you by our friends at We Audition. Now look, we all know that auditioning in a pandemic sucks. You can't find the right partner, and if you do find the right partner, how are you going to connect with them in real time and have the read be seamless? Well, We Audition can help with that. They make it easy to find a partner and they take care of all of the technical stuff so that you can focus on what really matters, your audition and being awesome. Not only does We Audition allow you to find partners that can help you really kick ass, you can be a partner that helps other people really kick ass and get paid for it. There's other really great benefits to being a We Audition member. You can have one-on-ones with top casting directors, you can get career advice from industry professionals, and a lot more. Right now, We Audition is offering a discount on membership to Vagabond Actors listeners when you sign up with the promo code VAGABOND25. So just go to weaudition.com, click on sign up, then click on the link where it says promo code. Put Vagabond Actors 25 in the box and you'll get 25% off your membership. Now, back to the show. So tonight's main topic is charisma, really. Charisma, whether it is something that an actor simply has or whether it's a set of behaviors or a way of being energetically that can be learned. And related to that, you know, we, we want to, we want to discuss also this idea of fearlessness and confidence, uh, as you move into your professional space, whether it's an audition or coming onto set and how to enter the room, especially in a casting situation with your energy and your focus in the right place so that all of the personal power, charisma, intelligence that you bring to it uh, can be can be present for you. And this subject comes up very often in our classes. And, um, and we feel also it's an instruction that that actors hear often. Or it's a um, it's a praise that actors get. And that leads often to the question, well, what can I do about that? If I'm not achieving this or if I'm not embodying this, what can I really do to, to find this within myself? So we wanted to broach this subject as we've had numerous conversations with our students about it. And we wanted we want to get some feedback from my wonderful partners here. So Gary, what are your thoughts on charisma, learned or innate? And maybe you've got some examples of performances that have really 
struck you uh, as being as being fine examples of what you feel charisma is about when we speak of acting? I think both. I think it's innate for sure, just like acting ability is innate. But also I think there's certain things that you can learn to enable you to access whatever it is to make you more charismatic. You know, you see it just like with your acting. You know, there's always that argument whether can you teach acting uh, or is it just something that you have? I mean, you look at someone like Marlon Brando is always held up as a, a great example of this. I mean, there's no doubt that he had a certain amount of charisma. And a lot of people argue that he didn't learn anything to do with acting, although he went and trained with Stella Adler and he did learn some things. Perhaps he learned how to um, harness it. But it, it's, a, it's a strange one. I mean, I'm asking myself more questions than coming up with answers when you, when you put that to me. I mean, charismatic people tend to be confident, right, in a positive way. But they don't, for me, they don't tend to be boastful or egotistical in, in that positivity. And it's, it's, it's a certain charm that they have and perhaps attractive. And maybe there's a law of attraction there that is thrown in and it, 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 charisma increases a person's attractiveness. But what are the components that go to make charisma? And I think maybe confidence is, is one thing, or at least perceived confidence can help to sort of radiate confidence and then you kind of I ask myself well what is confidence I mean it's a funny word because and and it's often confused with um, bravado and you know if you look at what bravado is to me bravado is when someone adopts some kind of boldness with the intent to impress whereas confidence is for me a, a feeling or a belief in um that one can have faith or rely on someone or something, something like that. And I can always tell when an actor is confident when they walk into a room, or at least I know when an actor is has been working a lot when they walk into a room because they walk in with this sense of validation and there's a certain charisma that comes from that because they they have a confidence in their work and themselves because they're being validated, because they're getting a lot of work, which allows them to have a sense of groundedness allows them to communicate in a way which is has a good balance of listening and interacting. And there's no sense of panic or a need to show off. For me, and maybe when I see it in others, confidence comes down to, in one's work as an actor, being prepared. I mean, really being prepared. I mean, nothing undermines your confidence more than lack of preparation. Mm -hmm. Talking about walking into the room with confidence and eliminating fear. For me, the number one thing that will allow someone to be confident is being prepared. An actor being prepared for an audition, and I mean prepared, you know, being really, really prepared. So prepared that there are no, there is no room for doubt. And so prepared that you eliminate doubt. As the saying goes, you make your own luck, and luck is when preparedness meets opportunity and all these pithy statements. But preparation can come from training constantly, studying, being continually practicing so that you build up a faith. So for me, I think one thing that can help towards that, an actual thing that one can do, if someone perhaps lacks confidence, do these things constantly that you are perhaps not so good at or feel fear about and put yourself in the in this in the eye of the fear and become skillful at it 
And as we've mentioned before, this this notion of 10,000 hours, you'll gain mastery over that. You know, mm-hmm. it's like that, that, that idea of just go to castings. And the more you go to castings, the more you prepare yourself for them, eventually you, you will build up a confidence. Of course, you've got to do it in the right way. You've got to work smartly. But experience through not taking shortcuts and jumping in and truly putting yourself and taking risks, putting yourself in the, out there starts to breed a confidence because you eliminate your mistakes if you're not stupid. And as a result, start to become more prepared. And as a result, then you'll become confident. And hopefully that will unlock one's charisma. For an actor who's just starting out, I think sometimes the word confidence throws them a bit because the feeling may be, well, I don't have a great deal of experience and I'm just starting to study. I'm passionate and excited about this work, but how can I walk into a room confident if I'm not sure yet and I, and I'm not practiced enough yet. So I really appreciate the idea of finding other language to speak to what it is we mean when we talk about confidence in in a performer to me also sometimes words around, you know, power and intelligence and, um, command, physical command come into play. I think sometimes, you know, we've we've spoken previously about energy and the great role that energy plays in it. I wonder if those are somewhat related. Brian, what are your thoughts on all of this? It's something that I've turned around in my head so much because for me, it's somewhat related to what separates a star from Mm-hmm. Uh, a working actor. Uh, and that comes yes. from my own delving into my own career and saying, well, am I destined to be someone who works a fair amount and is basically unknown? Or is there something that I can do to make myself pop out, right? That kind of charisma. And and it's linked with all the other things about walking into a room and fear and all the rest of it. The work that people do to learn how to create those behaviors of being a good actor or being a good listener or being charismatic overshadows in a large part, any kind of innate ability that anyone might have in any of those areas. When I think about someone who is charismatic and confident, and this is related to what Gary said about someone who's working a lot and it has confidence and and has validation coming in from working a lot, is that someone who's who's confident knows that they can do it. They don't have to prove anything in that moment. They don't have to worry about what other people think about them. They can be present without needing to feel like they have to please the people that are around them. Right. The lack of effort. Yeah, exactly. There's a complete lack of effort in terms of making people like them. And all of that energy that someone who is not confident goes into making the people around them like them or pay attention to them, they put into listening and being interested in the people that are around them. Mm -hmm. When you hear people talk about highly charismatic people, it, uh, like, I think someone said this about um, Bill Clinton, who is highly charismatic, they said that when you're in a conversation with them, it feels like you are the only person that exists for them. Mm -hmm. That they are able to focus all of their energy on 
the person that they're talking to without needing to make themselves impose on the conversation and to prove anything to anyone else about themselves. I think that generally there is a, a positivity to people who are charismatic that the glass mostly is half full to those people, that they're looking for the upside to what's going on around them and how they can benefit people and how they can impact people positively. And that might just be, let's have fun. It doesn't have to be a profound thing, but it could be just, let's have fun and let's have a good time and let's be here in this moment. And I think that people respond to that and look at that as, ah, that's, that's charisma. You know, I, I think that those are the things that I've kind of come up with. I'm, I'm so interested to hear what you guys have to say about it though, because I am certainly not at the end of my quest to find what it is. <laughs> and what I've just said is not dealing with like, okay, how do you generate that stuff in yourselves? I think we've talked quite a bit about having strong opinions. And I think if you, if you, oh, this is going to be tricky, but if you have strong opinions about things, but are cool enough to kind of have them so that you don't need to please other people, but also confident enough that you don't need to project your opinions onto other people and force them to see things your way, then I think that is, is a sign of confidence and, and charisma. Now, and that's that's what I've come up with. I, I don't know if I have any answers here. So some of the qualities that we're that, that I'm hearing are confidence in one's abilities, which is earned by great devotion and attention to the work and preparation for the moment, whether it's on set or in an audition room, as well as a kind of composure or presence that an actor has, not a distracted, fidgety energy, but a composure and a focus that an actor brings to a scene. James Dean certainly was a great master of that, even as, as tortured as his characters often were. There was, he, he, was so, he was so fully in that moment of the scene, so committed to it. And then there's the engagement that we're talking about, right? Which is that's the the listening piece, really being engaged and empathetic and interested. And that, to me, is something that maybe people describe as a warmth, even if you're not necessarily a warm personality. But in that moment when you are engaged in the other, then what yeah. is felt is a degree of warmth and openness, right? And soulfulness that blossoms open. And I, I think those are, those are some of the qualities that, that we universally speak of or think of when we think about charisma. You know, I was watching, um, was watching last night, Jerry Maguire again for the first time in a number of years. And thinking about this subject, because of course, Tom Cruise is considered to be a very charismatic personality. And mm -hmm. I think we've mentioned this before, you know, about his tremendous work ethic. He's, he's very well known for this, but there, there was an interview recently from his Top Gun acting partner who said, look, Tom was just every, at every single possible moment, he was focused and preparing for the next thing. You know, he was, he was fun and he engaged with us in certain after school activities, but mm -hmm. for the most part, he spent all of his time focused and preparing so that when it came down to it, he was 100% 
ready to go. And I do think that over the years of his work approach like this, he has gained an even higher level of confidence just because of the work that he's put into it. But also he's done it in such a way, you know, that that's born out of an eagerness to be excellent, but also an eagerness to engage and to tell great stories and to stretch himself as a performer, as a stuntman. You know, there's, there's an, there's an energy and a hunger there that I think also feeds feeds that idea of the charisma that we all that we all tune into and then you know another example for me is um is somebody like denzel washington Um, we used to do some on-camera courses in los angeles that focused on the close-up and the power of the close-up and one of my favorite scenes for talking about this aspect of the work was from glory when he's being beaten and there's it's you may remember it's there's this single tear that falls from his face but the camera just moves more and more slowly into him as he's enduring this and he's so powerful you can't take your eyes off of him because he knows so much about how he feels he's so committed to being fully there He's done the work. He's trained his body and his mind. He's just so present you can't look away. And I think for actors who are considering this question and wondering, can I become more charismatic? Can I? Where do I find my confidence? I think it's hopefully reassuring to think that there are some steps you can take to become more engaged and more composed and to command your own personal power and to be interested in the world. You know, there, there's an energetic approach and an intellectual and emotional approach that you can take to developing one's own charisma. And, and when maybe when casting directors are, are commenting on, you know, the minute she walked in the room, I knew. Mm-hmm. Well, part of it's that, that they know what they're looking for, and then when they see it, they recognize it. But part of it also is, who can deny that kind of personal energy when it walks in? And not in an arrogant way, but in an interesting way, where you want to know what this person has to say or what this person's going to do. Absolutely. I think at at its base, you know, there's an attractiveness. One is attracted to somebody. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. It's not just a superficial looks type of attractiveness, and it can be many things. You know, we haven't used the word magnetism yet or magnetic. Mm-hmm. A magnet attracts us, and it's 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 what is it about someone that attracts us that isn't just one's looks that actually compels us to go towards them, you know? And there's all these words that we're identifying, which I don't disagree with. You know, there's groundedness and a confidence and an ease and an effortlessness. And is it enough to be able to adopt those behaviors, such as enthusiasm and optimism and, I don't know, maintaining eye contact and speaking with authority and standing erect with your shoulders back? All these things that you could learn Certainly, at, at sort of, I don't know, certain workshops will teach you that, how to present presentation workshops or, or even sort of, you know, confidence workshops. I'm sure they get into all of this kind of stuff. But there's also something else behind that. 
where, you know, what is that? What is that sense of effortless and ease? Where does that come from? And how are you just born with it? Like, we, you know, like we're talking about, because uh, I, I know I've met a few people who you kind of go, no, you know, nothing seems to bother them. They don't get flustered and they walk, ease, breeze into a room and they, mm-hmm. they have the right answers and their work is always good. And are you attracted and compelled by their charm? Because it's just a huge degree of openness. Yeah, um, and I was just about to. I was just thinking about that. Right, and pre- that hadn't come up yet. Right, and you see, all of these things that we're talking about in terms of someone embodying charisma is the things that we strive for in our acting work <laughs> to a, to a degree. It's just that mm-hmm. we switch it on and off for our work, by and large. Whereas I think also a charismatic person has a kind of not fuck you attitude because that sounds conflictual and confrontational, but it's, it's a kind of ease with themselves. And that's got to come from some inner place. But they don't have to prove themselves. Right. To anyone. Right. Yeah. And I mean, that's, but that's got to come from some, some inner place because, you know, we can talk about people being successful and they're still assholes. So yeah. So it's not nece- it's not just being validated by your work. There has to, you know, and maybe that's the answer that a lot of people are looking for. But an asshole, I think in large part is not interested in the people around them. True. If you have those qualities where you don't need other people but you are still invested in them, mhm. That I think is attractive. But how, if you don't, if you don't need any other people and you don't give a shit about them, then that's not charismatic. That's not charisma. But how many that's, stories? How many actors? I mean, I, I, I'm trying to think of one. I can't think one off the top of my head. But there are, I'm sure there are charismatic actors on the screen, whose you end up hearing sort of stories about of terrible behaviour and and not actually being particularly nice people. Well, sure. I mean, look. Or, or abusing their charisma to get people to do things for them that they later regret. I mean, look at Michael Jackson or look at, uh, you know, what they say, people say about Kevin Spacey or, or Bill Cosby. You know, they're people that, that are using their charisma and their star power somewhat. But, you know, you might argue that those people were charismatic without their star power, which is a whole other discussion it is about people's expectations of of who people are but i do think that charisma in those contexts is something that you might choose on in certain occasions to do and it doesn't mean just because you're a charismatic person doesn't mean you're good right i mean that's proven i mean yeah you know, you've just you've just cited a few people who have been exceptional in their talents and yet, and they, do, do they stop becoming charismatic because of that? Well, you put them in front of a camera or you put them on a stage and all of a sudden something happens. It's a funny thing. <laughs> you know, I mean, you know, we, we mentioned Marlon Brando. So n- undoubtedly charismatic. You mentioned um, James Dean earlier, Andrea. I mean, mm-hmm. undoubtedly charismatic and yet, you know, dysfunctional, you know, created mayhem around them and you know behave badly at times doesn't make them any less sensitive or creative or artistic or worthy in terms of their artistic endeavors well you know it's it's the question of the power and how how you use the power that the charisma uh, bestows you certainly we've seen plenty of examples of people who've misused the power that their 
attraction, their magnetism, their charisma has created. But I think when we're talking about performance and we see the value of attentiveness outside of yourself, attentiveness to your partner. Now, depending on how the scene rolls also, there's going to be a color to that. You know, there's going to be a an ethics around that and a goodness or badness around that, right? You know, do I do I passionately love her and I just can't tell her in the scene and everything she does, my eyes are just swimming googly and I want to soak her up and hope she never walks away from me? Or um, am I listening very closely to see if he might betray if he actually has is my child's kidnapper? Like whatever it is, that when you're invested in what you're getting from your scene partner, it opens you up. It brings you to life in a way your eyes glisten or twinkle or darken, whatever it is, but there's a, there's a Mm -hmm. chemical change in you when you get outside of yourself. And I think we, we certainly see this in real life as well. I mean, we have plenty of examples, certainly in social media, we have plenty of examples of people who on the face of it, move with confidence, have a beautiful exterior. And yet what we tune into is a tentativeness or lack of power or lack of knowing or a neediness. And and you're right, Brian, that can be an absolute turnoff. That can be an absolute turn in the other direction. So to me, it's when it, 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 much of it is about where that internal energy is going and where that focus is. And that's what, that's what I know we've spoken about this before. I know that that's a big part of what made the Meisner approach so interesting to me. And I know we all share, we all share that passion in working with our students to get them to really become master listeners because it can transform so many levels of, of their experience, including how much we are drawn to them as in the moment they are drawn to their scene partner or yeah. the, the task at hand of the scene. Yeah. So it sounds like um, there's a bit of, I had a bit of a light bulb moment just then when you were talking, Andre, it sounds like then the direction of charisma is out rather than in mm-hmm. for sure. Perhaps. I think, so. I think so. And when you see someone walk into a room and they radiate, there's another word, you know, radiate people that radiate maybe on screen on a close up, or, or, or in a, when they walk in a room, it's because, you know, you're radiating outwards and yeah. therefore, you know, just like with, <laughs> the ability to act in a certain way, which is connected to your partner goes outwards and putting your attention out. The moment you go in and you start to get self-conscious and then doubt and doubt is the enemy of confidence and creates fear and all of these sort of things. It's, it's um, charisma goes outwards and it doesn't envelop others. And there's a, there's a, a necessity to embrace everything within your vision or, or realm as you like if you like in order to connect with people and that's this openness that we mentioned mm-hmm. yeah um, i also think it's a definite thing people are definite as well you know things like fear and doubt i'm sure they have them because they're human people who are charismatic for sure but they have this ability to override it or at least not get knocked off by being mm. definite 
And this feeds into so much of what we've talked about in other individual episodes. For instance, what mm-hmm. I mean by being definite is having a point of view. You know, yeah. you have a certain point of view and you can articulate it well. And even if you disagree, there is a connection that one is having to that and it's radiating outwards and people can connect with it or not. But at least there's an energy that goes with it that perhaps mm-hmm. entraps people. And, yes. you know, that's what I mean by being definite. How many people who have charisma do you hear going, I guess, I hope, I suppose, I expect, maybe, mm-hmm. <laughs> pro- probably, um, you know, there seems to be a not measured, that's the wrong. A decisiveness word. almost. A decisiveness. And, yeah. and there seems to be human traits like humour, wit, intelligence, articulate, being articulate, being good at something, being able to just be at ease, uh, all these things that are positive, like you mentioned earlier, are positive things. So, you know, there's an also, if you're talking energetically, it's also a positive energy without having to sort of go around being a do-gooder. You can still elicit positive vibes. Mm-hmm. Um, Although, of course, one cannot forget the number of performances we've seen that are extremely dark characters but the actors bring such a level of commitment to it and i think what what i'm trying to get at is that they are curious and engaged in their circumstances and in the other players in their story in in such a mm-hmm. such a large way that that increases their personal energy as well. You know, Sean Penn, I think, is a great example. I mean, he's played a number of really tortured and difficult and challenging characters, but he brings such tremendous intelligence and insight to it, and you know he's trying to solve problems. You know, he's he's so actively engaged. But it's outward, though, as well. It's very outward. It's very outward. It's not, I mean, if you watch, it's not involved in the energy's not turning in on itself. Yeah, no, and you no. know, Gary Oldman is another one you just reminded oh, me of, and brilliant. The, yes, yeah, and these two actors are kind of known for not necessarily being difficult, but just you know, being having opinions, well, having opinions, <laughs> and sharing them, sharing them. Uh, and but also in terms of emotional life, they you know they don't ease off it. They 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 get mm-hmm. into the big beautiful the ugly you know the bad there's a side of charisma as well that's charisma it's not just george clooney breezing in and being very effortlessly charming that's sort mm-hmm. of that's certainly charisma it certainly is but then they, you've got as you mentioned Andre, andrea you know you've got that kind of charisma which is a very sort of primal and embracing and putting out there an honest feeling if you like just something mm-hmm. honest something authentic something mm-hmm. uncensored you know that's right. Um, it's a little dangerous. So, it's always a little dangerous, yeah. even when it's dangerous. friendly and lovely. Absolutely. Even George Clooney, there's a little bit of what's going to happen mm-hmm. next. I don't. It yeah. could, well, it could he's turn. cheeky dangerous, isn't he? He's cheeky dangerous. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I wanted to. I wanted to get into this question, or or just you opened the topic, actually, yeah. Gary, of of openness and vulnerability, because I think with all of this that we're talking about, the level of charisma or confidence or that kind of thing. I think that is measured maybe, and I'm putting this out there, in how much of yourself you're giving, how much of yourself you're able to give to other people. There, there's 
that there's a certain charisma and confidence that comes out of like, I'm listening to other people, but I'm not actually giving a lot of myself. But I think a, a deeper, more holistic and more fulfilling goal, I guess, for myself would be to give more and to be more open and more vulnerable at the same time as I'm doing these these other practices of cultivating my charisma and my confidence, mm-hmm. where I'm where I'm working on giving as much of myself as I can to the people that are around me as I'm listening to them. There was something that I've read that human beings are, this might go to the attractiveness quotient. Human beings are geared, are are innately attracted to vulnerability. Mm. And that and that two people who are vulnerable to each other, like if you have two actors that are both vulnerable to each other, they will connect and be affected by each other. But also because they are being vulnerable to each other, the people who are watching the audience Mm -hmm. is able to connect up with them as well. And I think that in terms of attractiveness, again, not romantic or sexual attraction, but just the amount to which we want to connect up with these people who are charismatic has something to do with how open and vulnerable you can be as that charismatic person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think we see examples of that in life as well. I think that's, that's, you know, sure. it's, an energy, it's an energy piece that you're talking about or what we often describe as chemistry in the dramatic fields. But you know, when you think to all of the images that we're seeing now in this unique situation in the world of people who are we're doing extraordinary things, th- these images move me so much. It's the story that's it's the story, but it's also, I, I'm intrigued by how often I can look at a photograph of just a simple healthcare worker. It doesn't have to be anybody of, of great, you know, traditional physical attractiveness, but the story of the giving is so powerful that I mm-hmm. can't take my eyes off of them, that I'm, that I'm moved by them. And that's really what that's one of the reasons why it's so critical to consider this as, as performers, you know, we want people to be invested in the stories that we're telling. And when I see somebody fully in of the moment, when they are giving of themselves, it's very, very compelling. Yeah. So just to close this discussion out and maybe we've already covered it and maybe I'll take it out later, but I wanted to see, if there's a way, if you have a student in your class who says, I'm not confident, what do you tell them? <laughs> is, is, if we already covered this, do we need this? I just kind of felt like maybe we've already covered it, but, but I just felt like someone comes in and they say, yeah, I just, I just, I just, I'm fearful and I'm scared and I feel like I don't have it and I'm not confident and people don't pay attention to me. What do you say? Um... In, an, in like two words, right? Do <laughs> <laughs> uh, your right. right. oh, oh. <laughs> No, sorry. Um, that's, that's succession. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Well, there's charisma to that too. Brutal honesty. Yeah. There's charisma to brutal honesty as well, you know. Um, yeah, well, it has to be tackled. I mean, you know, let's say I'm fearful of getting up to do an exercise, um, you know, well, what is fear really about? It's about what's what's going to happen. It's about the fear of what's going to happen, whether I'm going to be rubbish, whether I'm going 
the fantasy of what's going to happen, well, your imagination of what's going yeah, to happen. Yeah, it's your, it's absolutely. So, can you stop that? Can you say anything that is going to um, stop that, or do you just encourage them to get up, flail about, and through trial and error and a war of attrition, find out that it's not as bad as you imagined it was uh, at the end of it? I mean, and then through repetition of that, and through slowly putting yourself in the situation to face that fear, hopefully you'll slay the dragon, to use a mythological term. Mm-hmm. You'll learn that that fear was not something that they need to fear. Yeah, because it's all in the mind, as you say, and it's a fantasy. It's imagining the worst. Now, you know, there's a route to that, and you know, you can get psychological and you can trace it back to all kinds of conditioning but there's an element of slaying the dragon you have to get if we're talking about an exercise for instance if we're talking about dating a girl i mean go and ask go and on a date and fail and learn and then fail and learn sooner or later unless you're insane and not learning life teaches you if you listen so you're saying just go out there and do it and and you'll learn through doing it that it will that it is not the catastrophe that you that you fear or even if it is, you'll get better at doing it as you do it. Right. Exactly. I mean, like like anything. I mean, I know someone who had a problem with, with that and were, hired a, I don't know what they call them, a relationship coach, a dating coach or whatever. And basically they would spend the weekend with them and they would take them out to bars and clubs and on the street and whatever and get, set them tasks and they had to do it. Now, I'm not saying that's the best way of doing it. I, don't, I think that might be a bit forced for my liking, but you are basically facing the dragon in a sense, yeah. you know, in class, there's a bit more of a support structure there and you can take it slower. I mean, you, you know, in, in that sense, you are paying to be booted up the arse and forced and thrown into the, you know, the dragon's den. But um, what can you say? You can offer words of assurance and perhaps guide and assuage, but ultimately it's experiential. Mm-hmm. Jack Nicholson said that he still, and this was a few, a few years ago, but still, he still gets nervous when he walks from the trailer to the set. And you go, well, what, God, have you got any nerves left? Jesus. But but the thing is, is you know, we're going to get that, aren't we? Because it's expectation and, you know, and it's the kick of the live thing or the recorded thing or, you know, we, there's a kick, there's that kick. And that's mm-hmm. what we're talking about. He still gets nervous. But, but it's like, you know, I often get nervous still um, on my first day of a course, but I don't get um, thrown by it because I know how to deal with opening up a, 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 a class on the first day and dealing with all these new faces and uh, all the rest of it because I've done it so many times that my fear is just a nervousness, perhaps excitement, but also, yeah. you know, an acknowledgement that we are embarking on something unknown, you know, and that is a sense of nervousness. But I, I don't get scared. It's not fear in that sense because I know I've done it so many times that, mm-hmm. you know, I've got a program that can deal with it, no, even in the moment. So, but doesn't mean I wasn't scared when I first started out, for sure. Yeah. What about you, Andrea? What would you tell a student? And and that could be the fear of 
whatever the fear side of it or the I'm not charismatic and I'd like to be side of it? What, what would you tell a student? I think there are two pieces to it. And one is, as Gary said, there's the experience of doing the thing over and over and until you um, develop your skills and physically get yourself past that desire to churn and run for the hills. And, <laughs> and it can be a really beautiful thing. And then the other piece is much more individual. So I don't know that I have just one answer for it, but I think when faced with that, you have to do some serious soul searching about what it is that that fear is about and, and then find a way to reframe it for yourself. And I'm reminded of a time when I was working at Playhouse West and I was doing some scene. I was a teacher. I'd been a teacher for many years. And there was a, an, an evening class that became sort of known as the master class because the most advanced students at the studio were all working in this class. Many of them were working actors and name actors. And it was allowed that other advanced students could come in to observe the work being done in those evenings. So I was working on some scenes and I hit a couple bumps in, in a scene or two. And I knew that I was really nervous because my own students, my own advanced students were watching me and it became a mental thing for me. And finally I spoke with the head of the studio and I said, you know, I, I'm a little thrown because I'm, I'm struggling with this, with this feeling. And he said, you know, your students don't expect you to be perfect they expect you to know what you're talking about. And if they see you doing the work and experimenting and succeeding and failing, they know that when you come to class next week, you know exactly what you were talking about. And it was such a gift for me because he gave me a reframe right then and there. So when that feeling of fear rose up in me, it didn't mean I was any less excited about what I was going to do or maybe uncertain of how it was going to go. I felt in some way that what I was doing was partly my service as a teacher. It was me committing fully to, I'm going to get in this scene and mash it out and play around with it and let's see what happens. And just as I'm encouraging my students to go for it, I need to do that right now. And that's how I got myself through it. It was just how I viewed the stumble and that feeling. And so I think it's very similar for for other students. Whatever the core, whatever that core nerve is about, you know, sometimes it's as simple as saying to yourself, oh, this tummy feeling I have of butterflies, this is actually the same feeling I have before a really big party or a really wonderful event that I'm excited about. It's actually the same as excitement. Mm. It's it that is, same yeah. energy piece chemically. And so I'm just going to remind myself that I'm not nervous about tonight's show. 
I'm excited. I'm excited to see what happens. And then my shoulders fall back. The smile comes back to my face. I can breathe more deeply and, uh, and I can go. So I think it's a little bit, a little bit individual, but if you can find a way to think about it, um, organically in a fresh way, it can be magical. It sounds like you're, you're, what you're talking about there is you're identifying it for yourself Mm -hmm. in a way that it becomes something tangible and that's the first step to interacting with it and combating it by identifying it. Yeah. Shine a light. Yeah. Grow in the dark. You, you know, you, you can't change what you can't accept and you can't accept what you haven't identified, you know. Yeah, so for sure. So, yeah. So there those two go. things. That's great. So identify great. it, identify it, make know what it is, and then make friends with it by doing it. Yes. I've got a little question before we sign off. Okay. Charisma, innate, <laughs> or can you learn it? <laughs> <laughs> we haven't really answered it, but I mean, maybe we have, but it's a tricky one, isn't it? And I'm, I'm not, I'm not actually asking that to make a question for us to continue. I'm just saying <laughs> it's a, it's a bugger of a question. I don't quite know. I think, I think it's a mixture. Well, here's where I come down on it. And I come down on this for a lot of different things that people say, oh, he's, he or she is talented or not talented. And this is, I think, true regardless of whether it's factually innate or learned. If you feel that charisma is innate and that you don't have it, then you're screwed. Right. You have to operate as (laughs) if it is learned and that you can, and you can improve it because otherwise you're stuck. Where are you going to go? Right. You go, Oh, I'm not good at charisma. So I guess I'll just live this life of being uncharismatic. I don't think that's a great answer. No. Right. So, so whether, I mean, we've talked tonight about certain doable things that you can practice to improve. Maybe it won't all add up to, oh, you're going to be Brad Pitt or, uh, who, you know, uh, Charlize Theron or whoever it is that is this charismatic light bulb that walks into the room, but it will certainly improve your ability to, to walk in the room, to radiate outwards. I love that image is just fantastic to radiate outwards, to give of yourself, to allow yourself to have and express opinions and to be interested in other people. I think that those, those tools, if you can do them and then pretend a little bit, even if you're a little bit scared, just kind of paper over the cracks a little bit until you become like, like Andrea was talking about, you know, I don't think anyone is charismatic and, and outgoing and, and fun all the time, but you can pretend and, and while you're pretending, then you can catch up with yourself. And also, I don't think every, I don't think anyone is 100% charismatic from the start. No, I think there is something that perhaps you are good at, whether it's humor, wit, attraction, sexual attraction, uh, writing poetry, acting, um, you know, building stuff. It's like, find what you're good at, nurture yourself out of that. And I think the charisma, in a sense, or at least attractiveness of you will build out of that, which I think what what you're talking about. And I think, yeah, for sure. And I think Marlon, Marlon Brando had something and he had it from the beginning, but he certainly had more, uh, you know, through his golden years than he did sort of early on in his teen years. So, you know, yeah, 
that it's and and that certainly check out that book peak uh, it's really changed my idea of what is expertise and what it takes to achieve it and whether or not talent is innate or learned or worked towards right. it, it it really has changed my view of of what it is and maybe when you're an adult you're starting so late uh, that you're going to be far behind the people that are, you know, if you, in terms of acting, right, the people that are really huge stars for the most part started when they were kids. And so they've had all of this time right, to nurture and to, to nurture it and to get better at it and to, and to learn how they're doing it. So if you're starting at 30 With, yeah. to really go down this journey, you're going to have to work harder uh, maybe faster. You're going to have to find the right teachers to do it. The ones that can encourage you, like we've talked about, you're going to have to find those people to push you fast enough so that you can achieve excellence in the amount of time that you have left on, on earth. But it's not that, oh, I'm not good at acting or I'm not good at math. So that means I'm not going to do it, you know, or not talented. I, I, I reject that premise personally. So, um, just to bring us to a close here, what do you guys excited about for the next week? Or what have you uh, seen in this past week? Uh, well, I'm going to be doing another virtual choir on Sunday, uh, which is based out of Germany. So I'm looking forward to that. And um, also been reading a novel called Station Eleven. It's actually from 2014. And it's written by a woman named Emily St. John Mandel. And it's about a worldwide swine flu pandemic which has oh, wow. killed most of the population. Haven't you got and had enough? Haven't <laughs> uh, you had enough of it? Double whammy. Oh, give yourself a break. Cheating on the Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> one of my dear friends uh, is one of several people. He's an author, a very very successful author, and he's one of the people who recommended it to me. And I'm enjoying it very much. It's it's really it's really wild. It's it's civilization has been drastically transformed because like 99% of the population has perished because of this pandemic. So it's, it's, it's really another world, but it's, it's very thought provoking and, uh, and I'm enjoying getting into that very much. So if you're looking for something fun to read, depending on your level of sensibility, you may want to wait <laughs> a few weeks or you may want to get right into it, but it's called station 11. I think all I can take right now is a Disney movie. I can't. I don't, I don't want end a pandemic on top of the pandemic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sounds great. Sounds great. <laughs> what about you, Gary? What do you What uh, do you got coming up? Well, uh, well, it's more to do with what I've what I've watched this week because I've just rounded off um, the final season of Ozark, mm. and it's, very, it's this is actually quite um, prescient because we've been talking about charisma. And I just love the character of Ruth Langmore, who's played by Julia Garner. And I think that all actors and all students of acting should watch this character, watch her and, and study it. And it, cause it is for me, character acting at its finest, there's mm. truth, there's commitment, but most of all, she characterizes the hell out of that role mm. with behavior that revealing and nuanced and you know it's embodied it's total and i never not believe her there's not a moment mm. when i don't believe her. 
you know, that's the kind of work that I really love. There's truth, but then there's that little extra she characterizes. And that, that for me is, it was just brilliant. So I, you know, I'm sure a lot of people, it's, it's a popular show and I'm sure a lot of people have seen it. If they haven't, do. But particularly, I'm a, you know, I'm sort of, sort of trumpeting that role and as an actress. Have you seen her in other things yeah. that you can compare the... Yeah, well, I saw her in um, The Americans, which I know you've seen. Mm-hmm. And she didn't have a, as big a role in that, but, and she was a lot younger as well. She was a good few years younger than that because she's still fairly young. I mean, she's in her mid, late twenties, I, I imagine, I think late twenties. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, she won an Emmy for, for it, a uh, supporting actress for, for Ozark. But, um, yeah, I saw in the Americans and she was, again, she was great in that. Uh, she was playing a young daughter of a senator and again, yeah, fantastic. And I just think she's she's great. And she's like late 20s and she's already sort of immersing yeah. herself in this. And I'm like, wow. Mm, great. Beautiful. Well, if any Good. of the listeners out there have thoughts about charisma or experiences that they've had in terms of being confident or, or overcoming fear, definitely get in touch. Let us know. If you have a topic that you'd love us to talk about, get in touch. And we'd love to hear from you, hear how you're doing, and, uh, and to discuss the questions or issues that, that you have coming up in class or in work. But otherwise, you can follow me at uh, Brian Casp. Uh, that's on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. What about you, Andrea? Where are you? I am on Twitter as Andrea Helene and on Instagram at Andrea Helene 3. And Gary, where can people find you if they wanted to get in touch with you? Yeah, any of the three of uh, you know, the Holy Trinity of Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. But, you know, if you want to get in touch, probably best to go on my website, garycondes.com, and just go on the contact page there. Fantastic. Well, uh, we were so glad that you could join us for this discussion on charisma and confidence and fearfulness. And uh, join us next week when we take on another exciting topic. Cheers, folks. Thanks for listening. Thank you. Bye. Bye.